All right. Pastor Mike, I know some of you came here to, to, see, to hear, listen to Pastor Mike this morning, and you'll hear him, I promise. But I also want to uh, just uh, thank God for the Idigima, Tony and Endurance family. If you all will stand. See this, the marching people. Look at that. The best dressed row this morning right there. And I tell you, uh, I, I, I make him stand up because um, if you don't know their story, a number of years ago, the youngest one here is a miracle. She shouldn't, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the Lord. And God did a dynamic work in their lives in saving his life when he was born. An unbelievable testimony. If you want to hear it, you talk to him, okay? And they've just made it a tradition as a family to, to, to remember, not to forget, but to thank God every year uh, for what he did. Not to just kind of, you know, sometimes you remember the people that God healed and they all, Jesus healed and they all went, ran out. And for God, only one came back and said, hey, thank you, Lord. So that's kind of their thing. And they want the church to, they brought in some treats for the church to share with the church after the service. So enjoy and celebrate. We bless you. God bless you. And we're thankful for your family. God bless. Amen. So now I'm going to invite my friend, my mentor, all the way from New York, Pastor Mike Savello, to come and bring us a word this morning. Can you give him a corn husker welcome here? Come on. (laughs) There we go. How's that? Anyway, again, you guys look marvelous. And I'm not, I'm, I, you know, look, I'm from New York. You know, in New York, they give you the Bronx cheer, boo, or whatever. <laughs> so you got to have some interaction, so I have to know that you're there, that you're alive. Uh, but first, let me say this. I, I think this is so wonderful, looking around at this church, I so enjoy uh, looking at the multicultural multiracial aspect of this church. Can I, come on, give yourself, let me say something to you. This is not normal, but it is kingdom. See, this is the kingdom of God, and this is what we need to be declaring to America. We're having all this disparity and all this tension uh, economically, racially, uh, every different way, that it's, there's one place on the face of the earth where people from all stratas of society, no matter what color their skin, no matter what their education level, no matter what neighborhood they came from, the up-and-outers and and the down-and-outers, we all come together, and we're all bound together by the silver cord of redemption. It's the local church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, say amen. So this is absolutely awesome. The problem is a lot of people identify themselves improperly. They identify themselves by their race. They identify themselves by their religion. You know, when, when, I, w- when I took over a church, I, this is all free before I start preaching. I just, I, wanted to, I just felt impressed to say this. I had to take over a church in the deep south, you know. And of course, I'm from New York. And when I got there, they, they said, the elders sat me down. They said, we've got we to teach you something here. Because the one gentleman that I felt God was raising up to take the church was black. And they said, Pastor Mike, you are in the deep south. Their racism is very deep here. And the church is divided. You have half white, half black. And it's been pastored by a white man for 30 years. And so, you know, they said, you've you got to understand where you're at culturally. He said, yeah, we're done. I know where I'm at culturally. But this is not, we, we do not reflect culture. We are people of the kingdom. And our identity is not in the color of our skin primarily. Our identity is who we are in Christ. So what you tell me is I am a Christian first. And oh, by the way, I'm black, I'm white, I'm green, I'm yellow. I don't care what color your skin is. You are first a follower of Jesus Christ. Come on. And so when we begin to identify ourselves that way, we are followers of the living God. That's our identity. 
And oh, by the way, look at, look at the multicolors of my brothers and sisters. This is the kingdom of God. Come on, say amen. amen. All right. All right, let me, let me share a word with you. Uh, I, I, the, the title of this message is Teach Me Your Ways. Teach Me Your Ways. I've heard many, many scripture, uh, many, many, many sermons on uh, the power of God, about, uh, you know, a, a, a theology and, and all that. But I've never in my life heard anybody preach a message on the ways of God. And the Bible talks a lot about the ways of God. And yet, by and large, we're ignorant of God's ways. And if and until you learn the ways of God, you're never going to know God in a deep, intimate, and personal way. So bow your heads to me in a word of prayer, and let's, let's look at this. Father, today in Jesus' name, we humble ourselves before you. I thank you, Lord, for each and every person here, from the youngest to the eldest, from the newest spiritually to the most mature spiritually. Each one of us desperately need you. We want to know you. So, Lord, today, by the power of your word, speak to every heart, every life. Personally, Lord, you see us not as a group, but as individuals. Speak to us personally in a way, in a language that we can understand. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. John 14, before we, uh, the very first scripture, Jesus said this, I am the way. When we talk about the ways of God, what are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about knowing Jesus. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Can you say amen? Amen. So when we talk about learning the ways of God, I want you to understand what I'm talking about is that you are learning the heart of Jesus Christ. Psalms 86. It's a cry all through the Bible. You'll see it. David said this, teach me your ways, O Lord that I may live according to your truth. I want to know your ways. I want to live the way you want me to live. Proverbs 8. So, my dear friends, listen carefully. Those who embrace these my ways are the most blessed. You want to live a blessed life? Embrace and learn the ways of God. You see, that's Old Testament. Well, look at the New Testament, Colossians. Paul said this. He told the Colossian church, I'm asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will, and so watch, so that you acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works, the ways in which God works. We pray that you will live well for the master. As you learn more and more how God works, you learn how to do your work. Can you say amen? So here's the heart of the matter. Psalm 25, David said this, show me how you work. School me in your ways. Take me by the hand. Lead me down the path of truth. Show me. School school me. Take me. Lead me. I want to know your ways. How many want to know the ways of God? Really simple now. I'm going to give you a few points. Number one, the first thing, if you want to learn the ways of God, you have to realize that God's ways are not our ways. That's the very, very first thing. Uh, Isaiah 55, God says this. I don't think the way you think. So let's get that straight right away. I don't think the way you think. The way, the way that you do things, the way you work, isn't the way I work. Well, how far could we be? How far apart could we be, God? I mean, you know, you're thinking, our thinking, the way you do things, the way we do things. God says, look up. You see how high the, the, the sky is, the heavens are? That's how far we're apart in the way you do things and the way I do things. The way I work surpasses the way you work, and the way I think is beyond the way you think. You know, we, we, there's an old saying, God works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. You know the difference between a good idea and a God idea? There's a lot of people have good ideas, and when they come up with a good idea, those, you, know, you, you, you'll, you hear their idea and you'll say, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think of that? That's a good idea. But a God idea, when they hear a God idea, and you say, well, the Lord spoke to me and I did this, they would say, their response would be, I would have never, ever thought of that. I would have never done it that way. And that's how you know it's a God thing and not a man thing. Now watch. Psalm 81. How I wish 
my people would listen to me. How I wish they would walk in my way. See, God's saying this to Israel. What what would happen, Lord, if we did it your way? Watch. I would subdue their enemies in a second. I would turn my hand against their foes. I would feed you with the finest wheat. I would satisfy you with honey from the rock. You know what God's saying, Pastor Solo? If we would learn the ways of God, if we would learn that to, to, to stop following our own thoughts and start to get the mind of Christ and do it God's way, you'd see miracle turnarounds. Amen. You would see supernatural provision. You would see miracles. You'd see blessings. How I wish my people would listen to me and do it my way. Here's the truth. Look, next one. I reached out day, my hand day after day to a people who make wrong turns, who insist on doing things their own way. Isn't that the, the, the sad state of affairs for us as humans? Come on. And so, but how many know God is faithful and God will never stop reaching out? But let me, <coughs> let me say one more thing. <coughs> Understand this. Listen. God will never ever leave you as a Christian directionless in your life. If you are a, are you hearing me here? Listen. Do you have a New York spirit? You got to answer me. He would never leave you directionless. If you are a follower of Christ, he's going to always move you in the way you should go. You know how many directionless believers there are? You want to know why? They're doing things their way. God's ways are not, point number one, are not our ways. Say amen. Number two, we have to learn the difference as believers between God's acts and God's ways. Psalm 103, the Bible talks about God's acts and God's ways. He said, God said, he made known his ways to Moses, but his acts to the children of Israel. All the children of Israel knew were the acts of God. They never knew the ways of God. You know, people can be in church their whole life and study the acts of God, but never know the ways of God? That's good. Wow. See, Moses began his journey crying out, God, teach me your ways. Look at uh, Exodus. Go ahead. If you're pleased with me, this is how Moses began the journey. Teach me your ways. I want to know your ways. I don't just want to see your power. I want to know your ways so I can know you and continue to find favor with you. See, when you only know God's acts, You put God in a box. Look at this quote. The acts of God are what he does in our lives. For many Christians, the entire focus of their lives is on what God can do for them. Their faith is motivated totally towards a miracle, provision, or a particular need. Like the children of Israel, they only know the acts of God. So all they know is what God can do. They only know the power of God. They seek the power of God, but they don't know the ways of God. The, the children of Israel saw the miracles of God almost on a daily basis. I, I, wanna, I want you to understand this. The, 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 the children of Israel that were with Moses, they saw God decimate the most powerful nation on the face of the earth, Egypt. They saw an entire army drown in the Red Sea. They watch God open the sea. They walk through the, the, the Red Sea, closes, destroys their enemy. They get on the other side. They're in a desert. They watch God rain down manna, angel food from heaven, for 40 years. They watch water come out. Of, how many of you just say, that's pretty miraculous. There's no water. He strikes a, hits a rock. Water starts coming up. Would you say that's pretty supernatural? And what they'd say is God is a supernatural God. But they never knew the heart of God. See, a lot of people, you need a miracle, and you know God can do a miracle, but you don't know the heart of God. Watch, I'll show you. Psalms, again. For 40 years, this is who he's talking about. These are the people that walked through the wilderness with Moses. These are the people that came out of Egypt. And God said, for 40 years, I was grieved with that generation. And I said, it's a people who go astray in their hearts. Look at, and they do not know my what? Say it. One more time. They don't know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they'll never enter into my rest. They'll never have security. They'll, They'll never be 
safe and secure because they're always going to be reaching for something. They want to know the power of God, but they don't know the heart of God. Number three, learning God's ways begins with us trusting him. See, he said, they won't enter into my rest, which means they, they'll never be able to trust. So God says, if you want to learn my ways, you've got to trust. Proverbs 3. Are you, you guys getting something out of this? Okay, okay. Trust in the Lord with how much? All your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your what? All your ways. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. It begins with trusting him. When I first got saved, I, I got saved when I was 22 years old. I was an American heathen, a pagan. I was a wreck. I was a train wreck. I don't have time to go into all that. And uh, they kept witnessing to me. And finally, I mean, I got, I didn't just have a mental ascent where I said, I think I believe, now I believe. And I just started coming to church, you know. I started coming to church. No, I had a radical encounter with Jesus Christ. I got born again. I went from 22-year-old American heathen to a born-again Christian. I was translated from darkness to light. I didn't know what hit me. Before, I, I, I looked at the, the people in the church, a bunch of weirdos, you know. The next week, I said, I love these people. I don't know why. I just feel like i got to hug you. i got to hug somebody. I didn't know, you know, you pass from death to life when you love the people of God. That's why I wonder some people, if they're born again, they hate everybody. Anyway, I started hugging people. And then I, I had to get a Bible, you know, because every Christian has a Bible. I didn't have a Bible. And at that time, those days, people used to go around and sell Bibles, traveling Bible salesmen. I remember those days. And remember the size of those? So I buy a family Bible. Well, well I'm a dumb, stupid kid, but I'm, I'm born again now. He sells me a family Bible. This thing was like, you could have killed somebody with it. It was like this. It belonged in some English uh, church, you know. I'd buy this. No. Then I think, what am I going to do? I have to have a Bible I can carry to the church. I can't carry this monstrosity. It's like the, the entire Encyclopedia Britannica. So I go to a, I, I, they said, I, I said, where can I get a Bible? Where do you buy Bibles? They said, you go to a Christian bookstore. I said, is there such a thing? Yeah. Well, what do I know? I go to a Christian bookstore. Then they say, what version do you want? What version? How many versions are there? And so they give me a new, they said, this is the, what do I know? I know nothing. I thought Jesus was Italian. <laughs> Honest. So they give me a new American Standard Bible. Buy the American Standard Bible. And uh, then I think, how do you read this thing? Because in those days, nobody didn't tell you nothing. This was in the 70s, you know. And so what do I do? I think they said the Bible is the Word of God. Okay. Where do I start? I opened it up. I just opened it. I'm going to just start wherever it opened. Where did it open? Right here. Proverbs 3. And I could feel, I, got, I get chills right now. I could feel God saying to me, Mike, trust me with all your heart. In everything you do, acknowledge me. And I'll direct your path. And I, I learned at that moment, listen, listen to me very carefully. When I got saved, nothing, listen, listen to me, nothing around me changed. I had the same, I had marriage problems. I had money problems. I had all kinds of, of uh, other problems. Nothing around me changed. When you get saved, what changes is what's inside of you. So then God said, let me start working inside of you. And then from the inside, I'm going to start changing your outer world. Because how many know you're either going to follow God's ways or follow your ways? You want to know why so many Christians never change? It's because they want to start with the outside. And God says, I'm going to start inside. Are you following me? All right, here we go. Now watch. It begins with trust. Here's God's idea or definition of trust in the Hebrew the word trust means this. 
It means to be persuaded. Trust means to be persuaded. Persuaded of what? Of who God is. Are you persuaded God is who he says he is? And then if you're persuaded, it means to trust means to rely on him, to cling, to attach yourself to him, to lean on him, to place your confidence in him and feel safe, secure, to have a place of refuge, to be at rest. When you trust, you put your entire confidence in God and you're at rest, kind of like you sitting in that chair. Do you have any thought that chair is going to hold you up? When you sat down, was there any, did you sit down and say, well, I just don't know, I'm going, to, like, I'm going to keep one leg out there and just keep my heart on my heart in the chair? No, you just plopped your, your, you, I was going to, no, I'm not going to say it. You just plopped yourself down and you trusted that chair to hold you up, didn't you? Is it holding you up okay? Now, do you trust God to hold you up? That's what trust is. I'm going to hold you up. You know, it's the old story of, you know, the guy that, that crossed Niagara Falls. Remember, the, 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 this literally happened. The guy Niagara Falls, and he came back, and he said, I'm going to go across with something else. And he said, do you believe I could do it? And they said, yes. And he said, now I'm going to do this. I'm going to go across, and I'm going to wheel. I think it was a wheelbarrow. Do you believe I could do that? And he said, absolutely. Then he said, I'd like a volunteer to sit in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> no, I believe you can do it. I'm not going with you. And see, God says, do you trust me to take you through those hard places in life? Will you get on board and trust me that I can get you from here to there? Amen. See, we say, I believe you can do it, but I don't know if you're going to do it for me. Yeah. Say trust. trust. All right, the truth is, Trust is a struggle. Would you say amen to that? Trust, that's, look, the, the, the Lord understands trust is a struggle. Well, what do you mean a struggle? Well, it's a struggle not to trust our own ways or our own mind. Not to trust our own ways. So pro, go ahead, follow me. Uh, go to the next one. The struggle is not to trust our own ways. Proverbs 3 says this, again, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't rely on what you think you know. How many, how many know we think we know more than we know? Or another translation says this, never let yourself, no, go back, never let yourself think you're wiser than what you are. In upstate New York, in Utica, there's a lot of Italians. And when, when, you, when you're Italian and you're Catholic and you don't know the Lord, a lot of the Italian men are macho. And they, their hero, when I was growing up, was always Frank Sinatra. And so whenever you would go to an Italian funeral of someone who didn't know the Lord, they would say, we just got to play this song. And the song is, I did it my way. And so what you got is you got the wife, and then you got the mistress, and then you got the debt collectors, and the, the guy's dead in the casket with a little smirk on his face. I did it my way. Yeah, sure you did. Sure you did. Sure you did. How many of us take that same attitude? We struggle. I'm going to do it my way. Trust is a struggle. It's tr- Number two, trust is a struggle because we try to, we try, you, you try to trust a God you only know secondhand. You cannot trust a God you don't know personally. God has no grandchildren. Or even, you can't know God through the pastor. Oh, talk to me, folks. Come on. See, in religion... We want somebody else to represent us to God. Okay, pastor, tell me what to do. And listen, I believe, look, I, I, I've been a pastor for 30, uh, uh, 36 years. I understand that. I understand the teach and feed. But I can't walk your walk for you. He can't walk your walk for you. He cannot make those decisions of faith for you. There are, there are decisions and, 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 and courses of action and steps you have to take yourself Knowing the heart of God, you have got to make those decisions for yourself. You can't say, pastor told me, my wife told me, my husband told me, my father told me. You have to know that you know that you know that God told you. That you began to take steps of faith because you're know God for yourself. Look, people ruin their lives by their own stupidity. Why does God always get blamed? 
Uh, you, you listen, you, people, people are, I don't know how they are here in the Midwest, but in New York, they, go, they, they turn on the radio, not the radio, forget the radio, no. they turn on the internet and they go to a conference and they hear somebody give a testimony about what God did. And so they figure if God did it for them, then God could do it for me. So I'm going to go and reenact what they did and then I'm going to get the same result. And so what they'll say is, God told me. Did he really? I've been a pastor a long time. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard the words, God told me. He did? God told you that? I had one guy come and tell me. He, he comes into my office, and the guy, the guy was uh, legally blind, but he still could see when he had something this close. And he's sitting there, and he's reading me this prophecy. I didn't even know who the guy was. I had a little church at the time, so I, I'd listen to anybody. I'd let anybody in my office. He said, I want to read you this prophecy. Thus saith the Lord, the woman that you're with is not the one that I've called you to be with. I have a, a new woman for you that's going to bring fulfillment and joy into your life. Now is the time, son. Go with this one that I've sent you. She is my prized jewel. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you married? Yeah. And you got a prophetic word to leave your wife and go with somebody else? Yeah. Who gave you the prophetic word? Are you ready for this? The woman that wants to be his new wife. I said, oh, of course God is speaking to you. Absolutely, right here, absolutely. I said, stop the foolishness. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. That is foolishness. That's witchcraft. You stay with the wife you're with. Get out of here. They never came back to church. Anyway, how many times the Lord spoke to me? The Lord spoke. God didn't speak to you. It's your own mind. Or you're living off somebody else's word. Let me give you an example. Paul, in, 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 in the book of Acts, was, uh, he was in Ephesus preaching, and there was unusual miracles. And so they would bring cloths and handkerchiefs. He'd pray over them, and then they'd go to the sick. The hand, you know the story. A, a handkerchief on them, and they'd be healed. There was a school of sorcery in Ephesus, and people were getting converted, set free. Well, <laughs> there were seven sons of Sceva, right? They were Jews. They didn't know the Lord. They, they, but, but what they did was they corner this demonized guy, right? And they get, they get this demonized guy, and they said, in the name of Jesus! And the demon stopped. The guy is terribly demon-possessed. Who Paul preaches about! In the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches about, we adjure you, come out of him! Well, the demons did come out. And they, here's what they said. They said, now wait a minute, Jesus we know. Let's hold, hold on. Who's speaking this? They said, Jesus we know, and Paul we know, but who are you? And that one guy began to beat up the seven sons of Sceva. The point is, you cannot live off somebody else's authority. You can't live off somebody else's word. You can't live off somebody else's faith. You can't live off somebody else's directive from God. You've got to know God for yourself. When was the last time you felt God leading you? When was the last time you opened your heart to let him talk to you? How open are you to learning the ways of God? How deep is your real true trust? Here's the issue. Next one. Tr true trust is always personal. It's from your heart. Right? Look. Next verse. My son. Look at, look, look, there's God. My, my son, my daughter. Give me your heart. Trust me with all your heart. Let your eyes find happiness in my ways. See, trust me. And then say, Lord, I want to learn your ways. I want to do it your way. I'm not going to trust my own ways. I'm not going to trust what I think I know. I'm going to do it your way. Trust is from the heart. Can you say amen? Are you all right? Can I give you a little bit more? Number four. Learning God's ways then requires us to examine our ways. Proverbs 14. Go ahead. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. See, 
We have to, in everything we do, consider the end. Consider the end. Next one, Proverbs. Trust in the Lord, again, with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Now, let me define for you, when the Bible says in all your ways, let me define for you what the Bible word way means. What does it mean in all your ways? Go ahead, go to the next. The the, the Hebrew word for way, in all your ways, what does it mean? Well, number one, it means the direction you travel. In all your ways, like, in other words, every one of us instinctively does things. It's a well-worn path. It's who you are. It's the actions we take. It's the way we've lived. So we start going down a certain path. It's the instinct. Are you following me? It's the way you instinctively would go. So God says, in all your ways, in the path that you're going, I want you to acknowledge me. It also means, secondarily, your actions and your behavior. So it's the path you take. It's your actions and your behavior. And number three, it actually carries this whole, the, the, word, the Hebrew word for way means your entire life journey. It means the entire context of your, your life. So the way you're going is not just your instinct, the direction, not just your actions and your behavior. All of that is shaping you to become something. So what God's saying is there's a way you've been doing things. There's, there's actions, there's behavior, there's a course, there's an instinct, there's a way you're going to go. It's going to shape and control your life. I want you in all that to acknowledge me. That's why people have an experience with Jesus and never change. A few years ago, I got invited to our 40th high school reunion. Those are interesting. I never went through the years because I got so radically saved, and my friends, you know, I, I was right in the middle there with them, drinking and doing drugs and being immoral, and they just were brutal with me, so I just, I just see, I didn't, want to, I didn't want to go because I didn't want to have stuff pushed in my face. Well, after 40 years, I said, I'm going to go. I figured they calmed down and grew up a little bit. <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting there with them, and all of a sudden, through the door, comes two of my, two of my high school buddies. And the one I, I, I'm watching, one of, the guy I was sitting with at the table, we were very, very close, and he became a state police investigator. And when the, when the two guys are walking, I go, I said to him, who in the world is that? And he, he said, that's Donnie. I go, Donnie? He was uh, emaciated. I go, is he sick? He goes, Mike, he's a heroin addict. He goes, you know how many times I picked him up, and because of our friendship, I'd just take him back home and not arrest him. And he comes over to me, and he goes, hey, Mike, how you doing? I'm, I'm, look, I'm trying to take this in because, see, now I've lived long enough. It's 40, 40 years since high school. And you can see the whole trajectory of a life. You can see the shaping of actions, behavior. You can see, you can see the path that we're all fooling around in school, smoking drug, dope, and doing stuff, and making decisions, and drinking, and, you know, being immoral, and, and how that began, a behavior, it began to shape a life, and, and I'm looking at this kid on the edge of death, and I, 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 he goes, I watch you on TV. I said, Donnie, come to church. I said, you, you need to open up your heart to Jesus. Oh, the, you know, the, whole, the church would cave in, believing won't cave in. Is this on? Yeah. When he walked away, it wasn't like I would sit there and be self-righteous and say, look at me, look at you. It broke me. And I began to say, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. If not for the grace of God, that's where I would be. And I think to myself, oh, Jesus, thank you so much for getting a hold of me as a 22-year-old kid. Thank you so much when you opened the word and said, in all your ways acknowledge me and I will direct your paths. See, uh, Haggai, go ahead. Is there, yeah, twice in the book of Haggai, he says, consider your ways. He's talking about giving. He's talking about people. He said, you put money in a bag. Remember that scripture? Do you guys know that scripture? You put it in a bag, there's holes in it. You expected one thing, and you got another. 
Why? Because, listen, hear what God's saying twice, twice. Consider your what? Consider your, your course of life. Consider your actions. Consider the shaping. Consider your ways. You, 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 people people are, are, are funny. We're independent, aren't we? Mm-hmm. We live in America. We're free. You know what they say? I am free to do whatever I want to do. Yes, you are. I talk to young people all the time. Yes, you can. choice you want. You are not free to do is to determine the consequence of your choices. There are those consequences for every choice we make. And what God's saying is, I want you to consider your ways because there is a consequence. Sometimes you don't see the consequence for years to come, but there will be a consequence. Will you trust me? Wow. Is this not working? Okay. All right, let me shut this off. Here, I'll give you this back. I want a refund on this. All right. Are you guys all right? All right, now watch. He said, in all your ways, what does he want? He wants us to acknowledge him. The word acknowledge. So in other words, you have actions, behavior. Something's going to shape your life. In all your ways, I want you to acknowledge me. The word acknowledge in the Hebrew means this, number one. It means to discern, to recognize, to become acquainted with. Listen, folks, you've got to learn to discern the voice of God. You know, I remember when, when I first got saved. Well, let me ask this question first. Let me ask you a question. And I want you to just raise your hand. How many have ever felt an impression that God was talking to you? Raise your hand. Put your hands down. How many have never felt any impression that God's talked to you? Okay, okay. What he's saying is this. He goes, I I want you to be sensitive to my leading in all your ways. See, in other words, before you take that step, before you go down that well-worn path, before you have that action, before that thing continues to shape your life, I want you to acknowledge me. You know, when you turn on the radio, there's a lot of stations on there, aren't there? Aren't, aren't there? A lot of stations, right? And what you have to do, if I told you, turn to 98.7 or 99.3, you could go to 99.1, you could get a, a little bit of the station. When you get to 99.3, it comes right in, right? We learn the voice of God by experience. You learn to look for. Number, number two, look. The word acknowledge means to pay careful attention to. You have to, you have to learn to listen and you have to expect that God's going to show up, that God is going to help you in the decisions of your life. That's why I've always learned to wait before I made decisions because I, I want to acknowledge God. Number three, look, it, it also means this, to know intimately. So I can learn to discern his voice, to discern his way, to pay careful attention to him, and eventually I'm going to know him intimately. I, I could tell you story after story. My elders know. We've had major things before us. It looked like great opportunities. And I'd say, I'm not going to take one step until I hear the voice of God, until I know or have an impression of what God wants me to do. And we have seen the miraculous hand of God. We've also been saved from terrible disaster. Because even though something looked great, in all your ways, acknowledge him. I learned this as a young believer, one week saved. Are you with me? Psalm 119. Are you guys okay? I'm almost done. Train me in good common sense. I'm thoroughly committed, look at, are you? To living your way. Watch. Before I learned to answer you or acknowledge you, I wandered all over the place. But now, but now, I'm in step with your word. You are good and the source of good. Train me in your goodness. Last one and I'm done. Number five. To learn God's ways and to really learn them is to always be obedient to his leading even when it doesn't make sense to you. Because I'll tell you what, it won't make sense to you. Want to know why? His ways are not our ways. How far away can they be? Well, look up. It's pretty far. 
I don't do things the way you do things. Did I ever tell you the story? You know, I, I was an angry little elf. I, I, you know, my grandfather had an anger problem. My grandfather would, would come in. I remember as a little kid, my grandfather would get mad and tip the table or break all the dishes. My grandmother would cry and think, wow. And then growing up, my father had an anger problem. You know, a couple of times I watch him smack my mother, smack my sister. Wow. Well, then, you know, I get my little family. I get the, my right to have my little anger problem, too. And uh, I, I remember, like, always I had this, this burning inside of me. I'd get really ticked off, and I wouldn't be able to control it. But then when I got saved, the Lord said to me, you're going to stop doing that. In all your ways, you're going to acknowledge me. So one night, my wife and I are having a fight. And I want to tell you, my wife is fiery. So she can push the buttons and start the launch sequence to where the space shuttle's about to take off. So she's got me going. I mean, I'm seeing red. I mean, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to engage, you know. And uh, I thought, I'm going to be a good Christian young man because I'm newly saved. I get up from the table. I go to the door. Of course, i got to slam the door. I slam the door like a good Italian guy. Slam the door. Then I get in my Mustang. I had a 1974 Mustang, put it in first gear, and pop the clutch and screech tires down the road. Because that's what you got to do. You got to make a scene. <laughs> I'm going down the road feeling like, you know, okay, at least I got that anger out. Slammed the door. But, and I get to the corner, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit said to me, see, in all your ways, I don't want to acknowledge you right now. I'm mad. <laughs> he said, what are you doing? I said, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm taking a ride so I don't do anything I shouldn't do. And we're going to have peace in the family. He said, no. Turn around. Why would I turn around? Turn around and go back home and apologize. Apollo who? I never apologize, ever. We don't do that. Italians don't apologize. I'll buy her flowers. I'm not going to apollo nothing. Go home. You want to know why we don't change? Because we do it our way. I, get, I, I pull back, but I, I said, Lord, I'm going to tell you something. You don't know my wife. When I get home, you know what she's going to do? She's going to embarrass me. She's going to say, why are you here? And I'm going to say, I'm sorry. She's going to say, I knew it. You're right. You're a this. You're a hardhead. You're, you need to apologize. I get home. I walk in the door sheepishly. I said, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. Good. Here she goes. You need to be sorry. And she does everything I told the Lord she was going to do. And I'm starting to get a little bit mad again, you know. And I said, so I, I walk away and I said, Lord, I told you if I did that, what she was going to do. And here's what he said to me. Your obedience, listen, is not conditional on her response. You do what I tell you to do. Now, you know what? People get around me. God broke that anger in me. They'll say, man, you are just, they, they actually think I'm so docile that I never, that I'm not strong. I'm not a strong leader, but I'm a very strong leader. But God broke, so broke that thing. Because see, that was going to shape me. That was going to take me in my way. And God said, I'm going to totally transform you and you're going to do it my way. Come on. You say amen? amen. Look, so, are, are you okay? Oh, yeah. Look, so, as for God, his way is what? Perfect. His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He's a shield to all who trust him. God makes no mistakes. His way is perfect. i got to end. Psalm 32. I will instruct you, says the Lord, and I will guide you along the best pathway for your life if you will let me. But he said, I'll advise you and watch your progress. But then he says this, don't be like a senseless horse or a mule that has to have a bit put in its mouth to keep it in line. You know what God's saying? Don't fight me. Don't make me have to pull you back. Learn to obey me. Learn to do what I tell you to do. And I'll guide you along the best pathway for your life. Why don't we do it? Here's why. Look. Look. Go ahead. We are not necessarily doubting that God will do what's best for us. We're just wondering how painful the best will turn out to be. How painful is it going to be? You know, the thing you want to do, just how painful is it going to be? What time do we end? Should I? Uh, Give me, give me five more minutes. Are you guys all right? All right. It's a long walk out here, so you might as well give me a few more minutes. 
Go ahead, look. Look at this. Watch. Look at the heart of God. I get saved. I'm a 22-year-old moron. I had a failing marriage. I was in business. The business is going bankrupt. I didn't know how to be a dad. Our personal finances were a wreck. You couldn't have gotten to a lower place. And now I'm born again. And see, a lot of people, that's all, they're born again. They still have a wrecked marriage, wrecked finances, wrecked this. But, but God says, that's not how I want to leave you. I told you at the beginning, he'll never leave you directionless. Look, look what he says here. I'm going to take the hand. He, he, give me your hand. I'll take the hand of those who don't know the way. I'm the first to admit it, Lord. I need help. Of those who can't see where they're going. You know what? You want to take me into a future that you say you have for me? I don't know how to get there. Give me your hand, son. Give me your hand, daughter. I'm going to be a personal guide to you. Look, I'm going to direct you through unknown country. What kind of country? I'm going to teach you to be a new man. I'm going to teach you to be a new woman. I'll be right there to slow them down, to, to show them, I'm sorry, which roads to take, make sure they don't fall into a ditch. These are the things I'll be doing for them. Sticking with them, not leaving them for a minute. God is absolutely committed to you. Amen. He is absolutely committed to you growing to become like Jesus. He's absolutely committed to transforming your life. He's absolutely committed to transforming your marriage. Amen. He's absolutely committed to bringing you out of, of debt and darkness. Come on. God wants to bless you. Amen. Come on. Can you say amen? Do you believe that? The problem is we stick to our own ways. Look, next one. I pay careful attention as you lead me and I follow closely. As soon as you command, I do what you say. Next one. Make me understand what you want, for then I will see your miracles. Can I tell you another story? I don't know how, I mean, I, I don't want to be insensitive. We, we run a big compassion ministry along with our church. We, we give away now, we're giving away $20 million a year in product. It's, it's, it's amazing. And uh, uh, two years ago, they, they, uh, they're doing a lot of construction around our building. We have a for-profit store that we started to fund the not-for-profit. So we're totally self-sustaining. We're, we're a phenomenon because we don't need any government help to do this. They're amazed. They're amazed. But they, they started doing construction on the road, and the sales went down. And I got some business guys on the board, you know, and attorneys, and we're having a, a board meeting. And because of the road construction, <coughs> sales were down. And they said, okay, Pastor, we've crunched the numbers. We're $100,000 short. We're going to end a year $100,000 behind. And uh, I go, don't worry about it. No, 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 no. This isn't church. This is the real world. You, you got to have real money. This is not church. We like those sermons. You know, you, you go and preach, and you don't understand where we really live. You know what I mean, Pastor Solo? We, don't, we, I got, we got to deal with real money, not make-believe money. No, 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 that's good. I, listen, I understand the real world. Don't worry about it. Well, Pastor, look, I'm the chairman of the board. Put it all on me. Don't worry about it. Why? I'm going to tell you why. Because this was never my idea. I am following the heart of God. I said, have we sinned in any way? Nope. Have we been disobedient in any way? Nope. Then my God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ. Don't worry about it. Well, they all get up like, well, let, let him worry about it. I tell you the truth before God. The next week, a Walmart truck, we get a lot of stuff from Walmart. A Walmart truck is going to make a delivery. A 45 or 50-foot trailer loaded from front to back with, with groceries <coughs> and goods for a store. I don't know if it blew a tire or whatever. It went off the road. They call us. They said, we've got to turn in the insurance. <coughs> Take the load, pick it up, bring it to your store. We're donating it, and you can sell it all for whatever you can get for it. You know what we got for it? $200,000. So you know what we did? We paid the $100,000 deficit, and we finished the year not 100000 behind, but 100000 ahead. And I can tell you story after story after story. I serve a God who is absolutely faithful. God's way is way better than any way you would ever take. 
Go ahead. Do I have one more verse? I'll end with this. I'm going to turn it back to Pastor Solo. <clears throat> and here's what I pray after this. I hope you got something out of this. Now I'm alert. I'm alert. At least, at least you know that God has a way he does things. Now I'm alert to God's ways. I don't take God for granted. Every day, see, do a daily inventory. Every day I want to review the way he's working in my life. I try not to miss a trick. Oh, man, I'm feeling put back together. I'm watching my steps now. I like this. Look at this. God rewrote the text of my life when I opened the book of my heart to his eye. Let me just say this to you as we end. See, your past wants to define you. People want to define you. Mistakes want to define you. There is someone that absolutely loves you with a perfect love, that has an absolute, absolutely incredible vision and future for your life. I don't care where you've come from. I don't care who believes in you or doesn't believe in you. I don't care what's against you. God says, if you'll trust me and take my hand, I am going to rewrite your life story, and it is going to be beautiful. Come on, say amen. All right, God bless you. I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor Solo. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Do you receive that? Amen. How wonderful. Wow. How many want to know God's ways? Teach me your ways, oh God. Amen. You know, some of you are looking, man, uh, we usually eat at 12.02. Hey, listen. If that game would have gone to OT yesterday, you would have been watching that game. And this is OT, all right? So we're not going to cast short worship. We're going to worship the Lord because one of the ways of God is really allowing him to transform our lives through worship. So I'm going to invite you to stand up and join us in worship right now. We're going to sing a few songs. And here's what I'm going to do. As we sing the songs and worship the Lord and just allow his spirit to work his ways in us. How many want God's ways? Amen. Amen. These altars are going to be open. I'm going to have leaders here. If you need prayer specifically, don't go home without getting someone to stand with you. That's, that's what the church is for, amen? And, and don't be shy out there thinking, oh, well, I'm going to go there and everybody's going to look at me. No, forget all that. That's the way of the world, amen? So as we, as we sing the next few songs here and, and worship the Lord together, these altars are open for prayer. Even your own personal prayer without nobody praying for you, just getting on your knees and uh, before the Lord. Let's worship. Father, we thank you, Lord. Pray with me. Father, we bless you. We thank you, Lord, that you're a wonderful God. We thank you that your word will not return to you void, Lord, but it will accomplish the purpose for which you sent it, O God. We open our hearts, we open our lives to your ways, O God, that you will teach and instruct us in the way that we should go, Lord. We thank you and we honor you this morning with our worship. We honor you with our praise. We honor you with songs of thanksgiving, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. In Christ alone. My hope is found, he is my light, my strength.